The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Ready to talk sports with Daryl and Sam. Welcome to Sports Info UM featuring Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. These guys know the sport like nobody else. From former players to coaches to the great figures of the NFL, you'll get the inside scoop on what's going down today in football and other sports. Now, here's Daryl and Sam. And welcome to Sports Info UM. Hey, you got Daryl rolling solo again. What's going on, guys? Ladies, too. Hey, um, this week we have the NCAA championship game tonight. And we also have the NCAA women's championship game tomorrow, Connecticut playing Notre Dame. And I'm asking, I'm asking my question for today is, who will score the most points? The men's NCAA tournament tonight when we play, we have Kentucky facing UConn, or tomorrow night's championship with the women when there will be uh, UConn facing Notre Dame. That's a big question because uh, the last couple of years it's been real close. But for um, for us to talk about the NCAA men's championship, we would have to talk about the Kentucky Wildcats and all that they've done this year. I mean, the Wildcats have have a bunch of freshmen here that came up and just pretty much just did the darn thing. You know what I mean? But when we look at um, Kevin Alley and his team over in, in Connecticut, hey, this is a coach whose team couldn't even go to the tournament last year, and now he has this team, I mean, doing the darn thing. You know, they're in the championship. What more could anyone ask of a team that couldn't even, couldn't even make an appearance last year in the NCAA tournament, and now they are actually playing for all the marbles. And hey, when when we when we look at this Connecticut team, you know um, this kid Shabazz Napier Shabazz, he leads the team in minutes, leads the team uh, thirty five minutes a game. He, he scores seventeen points a game. Hey, this 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 young man has 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 led this team throughout the whole season. Um, and and when you, and when you look at him, you know we we talk about a lot of the we talk about the uh, the the uh, Kentucky team that's loaded with freshmen. I mean, Kentucky starts five freshmen. Is this one senior, um, Shabazz Napier? Is he the difference maker? Is he the, is he the guy that's going to keep this team keep this Kentucky team um, calm and and keep this um, UConn team calm? Ain't ready to go. Hey, we got Gordon on the line. Gordon, come on in. What's happening? You're on the Sports Info UM show. What's going on, Gordon? Hey, buddy. Um, just uh, wondering uh, how you felt. Uh, I hear you talk about the uh, the game tonight. Uh, 
you know, I, you know, I'm a Southeastern Conference guy, so I'm pulling for Kentucky, even though they are a bunch of freshmen. But I was asked, I was thinking uh, more along the lines of uh, how strange the NFL draft's going to be, uh, Daryl. It looks like this kid out of UCF is going to be the first round choice, and he just came out of nowhere. Well, you know, I, I think when we look at the kid from UCF, um, he's a quarterback that has a lot of size on him. But more than anything, he's, he's a very mobile quarterback. You know, I've, I've seen this kid have runs over 20 yards a few times while he was at UCF. And, and you know, when, when you hear, hear people like Gruden says he just has a cannon for an arm and you hear other people talk about what a strong arm he has, hey, and, and this kid is 6'5", 230 pounds. So he, he's not a he's not a slacker. This this might be the this this might be the next Tom Brady or the next um, Peyton Manning we're talking about. So I think someone has to take a take a chance on him, and it might be the um, the Houston Texans at the first pick. Well, Darrell, I saw him when he was in high school, uh, and he was uh, he was a big kid, and a lot of people compared him to uh, like a. Uh, Tim Tebow type kid because he was a big kid, uh, and um, uh, but I've always thought he had a better arm than Tim did, and uh, he uh, he opted for UCF, and then that kind of put him to me that kind of put him on the back burners, and they redshirted him that first year, and uh, the next thing I know though uh, this season uh, was a, a dynamite season for him, especially when he beat uh, uh, Louisville. And uh, and I was the only loss to Louisville had. Yes, and, and they went out to the Fiesta Bowl, and uh, and I can't remember their opponent, but they ran through somebody out there in the Fiesta Bowl. Uh, but when, when we when we look at him, you know, he's coming from a, a conference that has not always been what we considered one of the uh, one of the top conferences elite. in co- no, uh, one not, of the elite conferences in, in college no. football. Are you gonna? Are you really seriously thinking of taking him over Manziel, over um, Jadavian Clowney? They're saying that uh, durability-wise and potential-wise that he's got a lot of upsides to him. Uh, a lot of people are saying he's going to be the first choice. And to me, you know, of course, I'm a defensive guy. I'm going to take the guy from South Carolina. You know, uh, the kid uh, is a, a playmaker and uh, – uh, one of those rush ins that's going to give anybody in the NFL uh, an automatic starter that's going to be a disruption. Uh, you know, I, I hate to say it, but sometimes I see these teams jump on a, a quarterback in that first choice. In fact, I I was wondering whether or not uh, the Texans might actually trade down to get some more mileage out of their first-round choice. I, I think the Texans are in desperate need of a quarterback because I think they've always I think they think they've gotten all the tread they can off of uh, Matt Schaub, and I know they they want to go in a different direction. And oh, I agree with you. Uh, but uh, the thing about it is, Daryl, I think you could get. get to me, the fit for them is uh, some people are saying that uh, Bridgewater and maybe even Mazel will be around for the second round. So why not? Why wouldn't you get maybe another a couple of round drafts, high round draft choices for your first or you know 
just to me that makes more sense. But because I think they've got some needs, not a lot, but if they, you know, if you're going to get a new quarterback, uh, don't worry about getting someone that uh, is labeled as the first pick. I think I, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I know yeah. this that uh, if they got uh, somebody uh, in the second round that was capable. And, they, and then a lot of people are saying that Bridgewater is going to slip to the second round. They're saying that maybe Menzel will slip. This kid from East Illinois is awesome quarterback, and they're saying he's a second rounder. So I think, uh, I think the people that have done like the the Patriots for years now have made a uh, just a great run at uh, getting uh, more mileage out of those mid rounders. And not going out and uh, spending big bucks on someone that is, uh, you know, probably going to have to take two or three years. And if you know, I don't think he's going to be a Andrew Luck. I don't see Blake being an Andrew Luck, and or even uh, a kid like Griffin. So uh, you know, you normally your quarterback takes a few years. Yeah, he he does take a few years, but you know uh, Robert Griffin had an awesome season. Andrew Luck has an uh, had an awesome season as true true rookies coming out the gate. And and I, I think these teams, some of these NFL teams, may be thinking. I know I think the Houston Texans may be thinking that Burles might be the guy. Hey, but coach, why don't you hold on? We have a legend on the line. We got Albert Bentley on the phone. Albert Bentley, Albert, what's going on? Ah, uh, things are going good, man. How you doing? Hey, it's it's going great, Albert. And uh, those those of you all that don't know, uh, Albert um, Bentley, Albert Bentley played at the University of Miami with me. Um, he mentored me. Uh, Albert Bentley was drafted twice by the uh, drafted in the USFL and in the NFL. Um, drafted by the Michigan Panthers and by the Indianapolis Colts in the supplemental draft. Albert, welcome to the Sports Info UM show, man. I know you're a busy man, and I really appreciate you taking out a little bit of time to come on, come on, and uh, and talk to us. And where no, you at not now? Not a problem. Not a problem. Good, good to be on your show. Thanks, Albert. Where are you located now? You still in Florida? You down uh, in right Palm Beach? Actually, I'm up in Indianapolis right now. But okay. I, mean, I, I live in Florida, but my daughters, uh, you know, play basketball, and, and so I'm up here uh, for one of them this week for for an All Star game that she's a Oh, wonderful. Yep. Al, it's so good to see you every once in a while down at the University of Miami. And um, we, we, I, I meet you down there from time to time, watch the games in the skybox. Um, University of Miami has had some struggles in the last couple of years. But I tell you, when, when you were there, Albert, you set a precedent on the field on the practice field that, that it was it was admired by many and, and a lot of people tried to duplicate it and I think that was one of the things that truly made us a champion. A lot of people don't know you were a walk on at the University of Miami for your first two years there. Is that is that correct, right? Yep, that is correct. Yep, and yeah, the last was, two I was, years I was very close to not being a part of the championship team because I my parents were about out of money by the time I finally got the scholarship. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny yeah hey albert um we have coach roberts who, who's a retired football coach here in the state of florida on the line um coach yeah you want to ask al any questions uh coach, yeah coach? daryl you know uh al, you know one of the things i think is so amazing people don't understand how important draft day is to that athlete 
course, you got drafted by two different teams in two different leagues. But uh, if you could ever make people understand what a big day that is for kids uh, that validate their career. It, it, it's it's huge. I mean, it's it's probably, you know, you probably have more anxiety of, on draft day than you have, you know, before a game, before a national championship game, because you know, you know, uh, getting drafted is, is it's going to be the difference between what, you know, what a game the next few years of your life is going to be. You know, going undrafted is, uh, you know, it's a tough situation. It's a much tougher road uh, to try to, you know, uh, go a different route to get a shot in the league. And, you know, most of those guys, even when they go a different route, they don't get a true shot to make a team. They, they, they end up being brought in as fillers, but not really having an opportunity to make a team. So it's, it's a huge deal. Yeah, guys, uh, we're talking to Albert Bentley. Um, he played in for the Indianapolis Colts from 1985 to 1991 and the Pittsburgh Steelers from 1992. Hey, Albert, you rushed for 2,355 yards in the NFL. And, you know, and you were just as your, your, your receptions are, are right there. 2,245 yards receptions in the NFL, you know, and I mean, Al, this, this, the, give us an idea of the transition from the way the game was played in college to the transition to the NFL, to how the game was played and how you approach the game in the NFL. Well, honestly, I mean, I think as a running back or quarterback at the University of Miami uh, back then, it was great preparation for the pro game. Uh, it was the, the style of play was almost the same. So when I went, you know, first to the USFL, I mean, I was, um, you know, out of the backfield uh, and also, you know, a, a running back that caught a lot of passes out of the backfield, a lot of screens, a lot of draws. And we had done that, you know, at University of Miami, uh, we did a lot of, you know, swing passes to the running back, a lot of draw plays. So it really helped me. And even more so when I went to the Colts, uh, it was a little, it was a bigger transition there only because it was a two back offense versus in the USFL. I played in a one back almost a lot like, you know, my senior year at Miami. But, you know, the, the biggest thing, uh, to me is just to change of speed. Everybody's fast, uh, when you go from college to, you know, to the to the pros, and, and it just, you know, you cannot, there's a lot of things that you can get away with in college that you can't get away with at the pro level. The decision-making, a lot faster. you got to decide what you're going to do um, a lot faster because of the fact that everyone's so much faster. Uh, you know, those, those decisions have to be, you know, more rapid fire, quicker, quicker, if you're going to uh, have success. Yeah. Now, you played uh, your senior year with Bernie, right, Albert? Correct, yes. Mm-hmm. And that probably helped you a little bit uh, because he turned out to be a, a great NFL quarterback. I didn't think he gave enough credit for the uh, the ability that he brought to uh, the Browns. You know, he was uh, came right out of uh, UM like a lot of you guys did and contributed automatically to everybody there. Yeah, Bernie, Bernie was a great, you know, pocket passer quarterback. And when you have a pocket passer quarterback, 
you have to have running backs that can protect that quarterback and and a lot of that was a lot of my job was seeing which lineman was starting to you know lose his guy and go help uh, a lot of it was you know picking up the blitz uh, before the blitz could disrupt the play so all of that type of play at Miami carried over for me I was able to do that in the NFL and it made me a valuable player because I could keep quarterbacks from getting hurt well Albert I tell you man being being in the backfield, being behind you, watching you in some of these blitz pickup drills that we did at the University of Miami, and that was a big part of our weekly offense. We did blitz pickup at least two or three times a week, every week. And, man, it was a full-speed drill. I saw you, – you never went low on anybody. I went low every once in a while, Al, but, boy, you, 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 you stood it up in the chest every time and lit a lot of people up. I, you were the first person I ever saw give someone a concussion, Albert, in a blitz pickup drill. That was the first time I ever saw a person get a concussion on the field, and you were the person to give it to them. I tell you what, you know, people have no idea. I mean, our practices were, you know, people saw us how we played in games, but our practices was almost at that same tempo. I mean, we we went after it, and it made us it made us better because we knew, you know, every day at practice you had to bring your A game or you ran the risk of getting embarrassed. So, you know, I learned early on my freshman year where I, you know, thought, oh, it's practice. I'm gonna, you know, uh, take you know not take take uh, all the energy out of my teammates because this is a practice play, and I got blown up. Worst, probably the worst I've ever got hit in all of my football career, including the NFL. And at that point, after that, after that hit, I made it. I'm going 100 percent every play the rest of the way, and that's how I how I practice and play the rest of the way. Yeah, well, Albert, I tell you, man, you were you were a tough guy. Um, not not a lot of words out your mouth, but boy, a lot of action on the field. I mean, you were definitely you led by example all the time. I mean, you had to be one of the most fit athletes I've ever played with. Um, you were one of the strongest, one of the fastest. You worked hard, and uh, and now when I see you now, man, you look great you still look fit and i know you're still working hard and i know you're working hard with your family i can tell that now you're in indianapolis with your daughter at a basketball um, tournament hey man we wish you nothing but the best and um al you know you're always welcome to come on and talk to us here at the sports info at sports info um on voice america radio al you want to give a shout out to anybody before we uh, let you go hey i just want to say go canes let's get back to where we're supposed to be and uh Hopefully we'll get there this season. Hey, Al, I hope we get there too, man. And, Al, thank you so much for coming on the show. Albert Bentley, a legend at the University of Miami, and he's still a legend in Indianapolis. Um, Al, thanks again for coming on the show. We appreciate you. Guys, you listen to Sports Info UM on Voice America Radio. flagship station for sports voice america sports are you ready for a show that's all about what goes on behind the scenes and how it relates to what you see on the field 
Tune in for Nick Ferguson's Secondary Perspective on the Voice America Sports Channel. Our guests will bring you the stories, the opinions, the expertise, and the inspiration behind what you hear in sports news. Find out what happens next. Listen for Nick Ferguson's Secondary Perspective, live every Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Sports and medicine go hand in hand. Quite simply, if you aren't up to your game health-wise, you won't be up to your game on the field. That's where Bruce the Sports Doc comes in. Dr. Bruce Grossinger uses his medical training and experience to bring you a link between sports and medicine. From the latest advances and treatments to discussion behind the injuries of the week, Bruce the Sports Doc and his team of guest experts are here each week to lay it on the line in terms that you can understand. Tune in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. internet flagship station for sports voice america sports you're tuned in to sports info um with daryl and sam call us today at 888-346-9144 that's 888-346-9144 or send us an email at sports info um 3793 at gmail.com now, back to the show. And welcome back to Sports Info UM. You know, when we look at this Connecticut basketball team, the team that we're about to see in about a, about a half hour, a little over, about, about 40 minutes they should be tipping off. We look at um, Niles Giffey. Uh, he's a, a guard forward for this team. He's a senior. And when we, then when we start paying attention to um, Ryan Boatwright. He plays 38 minutes a game. Um, um, he averages 12, 12 points a game. He's a junior on this team. Um, DeAndre Daniels um, plays 29 minutes a game, 13.2 points a game, um, six rebounds a game. He's a junior on this team. So when we, when we look at, at, at this at at the uh, at the UConn team, this is a team that that is that plays a lot of juniors and seniors. I really think that's going to make the difference in this game tonight, and I I just I think that that will be the difference maker in this team in the game tonight will be the presence of senior leadership of veteran leadership in this game. I think that uh, Connecticut with all of these freshmen that they're going to play and we, you know, um, that's what they do. You know, Julius Randles, he's a freshman. Uh, Aaron Harrison, he's a freshman. Andre Harrison, all of these freshmen, I just, I, I just can't see them. Um, I just don't see a, a, a team loaded with 18, 19-year-old guys taking on a, guy, a bunch of guys that are basically in their 20s or 21, 22-year-olds. I see these guys at Kentucky being too young. I can't say they, they, they're inexperienced because, you know, these high school kids, are, they play summer league basketball all day, every day in the summer. Um, they play five games a day, so I think the experience has to be it might might be equal to the playing experience, but I think the level of maturity and um, 
maybe um, maybe just a little bit more commitment to the game because these guys came to UConn knowing that they're probably going to be there for four years. Where these kids came to Kentucky saying to themselves, hey, we're probably only going to be here one year and and we're, we're out of here. Adios. And um, I see the Harrison twins. I see both of these guys probably um, – probably gone after this season. Um, I, I see Julius Randle. I see no need for him to um, to come back to Kentucky. I, I, I just don't see a need for him. I, I see this this kid, um, um, the, the, the guard forward, um, James Young, um, 6'6", 215. Hey, if he can get paid next year, why? Why would he come back to Kentucky? And, and you really can't blame these these young guys for um, for taking advantage of an opportunity to um, to go and make money. You know the, the rules are that you should stay in college for one year and go pro. Hey, you go there, you stay your three sixty five, and you you hit the gate. Take your chances on getting paid next year to practice on on someone's someone's uh, squad. I don't think Calipari will develop you. Um, any better than any other any NBA coach? I just don't see that. You see some you hear some people say this all the time. These young guys should stay and get development. No, they should go and get paid and get development. I don't think I don't think staying has anything to do with them um, with them um, getting getting development. So I really think that I I really think that um that these guys should actually. Go for the dough, man. It, it, you know that, that, what? What do you have to lose? Let's let's go for the dough because this is America we live in. This is this is a free country, and we are a land of opportunity. And if there's an opportunity out there for you to go out there and 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 make money for yourself and your family, then you should you should be able to fully take advantage of it. And and no one should be able to um. To tell you anything elsewise, I just I, I I totally disagree with, and I I disagree with the NBA saying that um they want to make some of these kids stay even longer, you know. But you know I I, I ran across a story today. And now we're talking, we've been talking a little bit about the NFL and the NFL draft. That there's a petition out that wants Michael Vick banned from the Jets training facility. Now. If anybody has has done what they're supposed to do, um, have paid their dues in this world we live in, if there's any athlete that has paid his dues, I think it's Michael Vick. And I think if anybody deserves a a pass or a, or or or, or uh, anybody deserves a, a, an opportunity to live their life freely now. I think it's Michael Vick. You know, I think Michael Vick, he, he, he went down for the dog criminal crimes that he did. But I really think, um, I really think Michael Vick has, um, has, has, has put in his dues. And we should let this man go on about his business. And, hey, let, and the, what I read, the petition had 1,500 signatures, which is not a lot. But um, for anybody to think that Michael Vick should get more punishment and that this is already telling you now that um Michael Vick is probably going to be getting a little bit of harassment 
from somewhere down the line this NFL season in New York. You know, it's a lot of people that love fur, a lot of people that love animals. And don't get me wrong, I love animals too. I love dogs, you know. But, um, hey, I, I really think that that um, they should let this ride. Look, Eric Blunt says that he was really surprised by the Patriots um, didn't bring him back this year. And, you know, it must be something up with this little Garrett Blunt guy because, I mean, wow, you know, um, he's, he's such a productive running back. You know what I mean? He's, he, he was productive in Tampa. They let him go. He was um, – he had a really productive year in, in um, New England this year, and, uh, and they let him go. And here it is, New England is bringing in Michael Bush, who has had nothing close to the career – that LeGarrette Blunt has had in the NFL, I just I just don't see this. And you know, you hear about players being cancers on a team. And I hope that LeGarrette Blunt is not that kind of not not what we're gonna consider to be a cancer on a team. Now we all remember him punching this guy after a bowl game um in college and then and that really hurt him going into the NFL draft but he has pretty much kept his nose clean and has not said a lot or done very much um in a negative light I haven't heard anything negative that he's done in the NFL but yet he cannot stay on a team I mean we're talking about a guy that's been in the league four years and this is going to be his third team I, I don't know what it is but it, it's is uh is something going on with that, you know? Um, and I hope it's not the same thing that we see or we heard last week with the Deshaun Jackson. You know, uh, out of nowhere, the Philadelphia Eagles just cut Deshaun Jackson and didn't didn't get anything for him in a trade, didn't get anything for him. Um, just cut him and said, "Hey, we we're, we're we're done with you." You know, they actually owed him over $10 million coming into this season. And they cut ties with him. Now, there are some stories out that um, he had some ties with gangs. I'm not sure. But I think that had a lot to do with him being released from the Philadelphia Eagles. Hey, we got MJ on the line. MJ, what's going on? Hi there. How's it going? It's going great. It's going great. I want to ask a couple of questions about um, who, who do you think is going to be the first player selected this year? Well, a lot of people think it's going to be Clowney out of um, South Carolina. and But some people think it could be Bertles from um, Orlando. Who do you think it's going to be? Um, I'm not sure. Maybe, maybe the quarterback for Louisville? Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah, he he played an impressive game. He's played some impressive games, so I think it's going to be him. Maybe even even. What do you think about Manziel, Johnny Manziel? I really don't see Johnny Manziel as um, being a first round draft pick. I actually think Johnny Manziel is going to be a bust for whoever selects him in the first round, if, especially if they take him as one of the first ten picks in the first round. But he he had such a, a a great showing at the um combine. So so why do you say that? 
Well, I think uh, I think his I think his height is going to be a, a big deal. I don't. I think we saw Russell Wilson come into the league last year and do a lot of special things, but I think Russell Wilson is a special player. I think his his um, his game is played above his shoulders, where I think Johnny Manziel's game is played below his shoulders. I think he's um, he's a fast and quick guy. I think he thinks that he can outrun and outmaneuver people, where Russell Wilson is constantly. Thinking on the run, looking downfield, trying to find an open receiver. Well, I don't think Manziel is that kind of quarterback. Well, I mean, I keep up with uh, your school, the University of Miami, and it seems Thank as you. though you all had a, uh, a quarterback. Not, you didn't have a quarterback, but a team that you all played against and, and actually lost to, and I was sorry to hear that, um, Doug Flutie. He was, he was a small guy. And when you look at Doug Flutie and his NFL career, it was nothing spectacular. It was nothing close to being a um, a stellar NFL career. I mean, he he's a pretty much unknown person as far as NFL statistics. He's a great quarter, college quarterback, and um, and he did a lot of great things in college. But his NFL career, if you if you're comparing that to Johnny Manziel, I think most people are gonna. Um, going to do the same thing they did with Doug Flutie. They're going to give a pass to him. Okay. I was just thinking about size. You know, you said, you know, Manziel is pretty small. So I was just thinking of some smaller quarterbacks who have um, even Rex Grossman, who plays for the University of Florida. He was a small guy. And he, he put up some pretty good numbers at Chicago, and, and he, he did a pretty good job for them. Took his team to the Super Bowl. You know, a lot of people complained that Rex Grossman had small hands and he couldn't hold on to the ball. Um, I don't know the size of Johnny Menzel's hands, but Rex Grossman did have a serious problem with fumbling in the NFL. And um, and, and he was not a, a first-round pick either. So I don't think that that's a comparison either to Menzel. Menzel is a Heisman Trophy candidate, Heisman Trophy winning quarterback, and um I really think he's probably going to go in the first round, but I think that whoever picks him, especially early, will be making a bad decision. And we have some teams that really need quarterbacks, like the Oakland Raiders and the um, and the Jacksonville Jaguars desperately need quarterbacks, and as well as the um, Houston Texans. The Texans pick first. They need a quarterback bad. The Jacksonville Jaguars need a whole offense, and they pick third, so who knows what they're going to take. And um, and the Oakland Raiders, um they they need a quarterback and um they take they have the fifth pick so you never know who's going to be um picking Manziel or if he goes in the first round well i'm pretty excited to see the draft coming up and just want to um certainly give a shout out to your show certainly appreciate you taking the time to take my call all right before you go uh, who do you have in the championship game tonight you have UConn or um you going with the with the five freshmen out of Kentucky well, I I, I um, really like. I'm from Florida, so I really like the Florida. I, I like the Florida Gators when they were in it, and being that Kentucky beat the Florida Gators and Kentucky's in the SEC, um, I, I really think I want I want um, Kentucky to win. I, those those two freshmen, they've been the two freshman brothers there, and the one he's been pretty impressive. Um, you know, in clutch times and things like that. So I really, really like to see them win. And Calipari, he's done a great job there. Uh, probably those guys probably won't be there. A couple of them may be there again next year, but they just have so much to to build on and so much to grow on. Then it is such a young team, 
But um, and of course that doesn't say much because I feel that I I like the Florida Gators. It was tough for us to lose and and um and lose with seniors, four seniors on the team. So we certainly have a lot of rebuilding to do. But um, but I'm going with Kentucky tonight. Um, certainly UConn. I kind of don't want to see UConn win the the um, the men's uh, championship because UConn's women they're they're um, they're in the championship run as well, and I don't want to see one school win both championships unless it's um, unless it's a school that I'm I'm a fan of. So anyway, little selfish reasons, but um, but I want Kentucky to go out there and and um, and and bring back the the championship to the SEC and um, and and to Kentucky as well. They they're deserving of it at this time. You know, um, one of the questions of the night was: Is um, do you think the UConn Notre Dame women's game or the UConn Kentucky game, which game is going to score score the most points um, in these games? Who's going to score the most points, the ladies' championship or the men's championship? If I had to guess, I probably say it would be the women. They 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 can score pretty high. Uh, you know, you know, it's a little more of an uncontrolled game. I mean, she's like the guys play a, a little more of a controlled game, and and uh, with the scoring there. So I, I would say, I would, I would say the women they're probably going to score more points. Um, you know, not that that's a good or a bad thing, but I just really think the women are going to score more points. Okay. Hey, well, MJ, um, thank you for calling us on Voice America Radio, and thank you for listening to the Sports Info UM radio show on Voice America Radio. We appreciate your call, and hey, don't be a stranger. Call us anytime. Okay. Thank you so much for taking my call, and you all have a great day. All right. Thank you. We love it when ladies call our show, and especially ladies that have knowledge of sports. Wow, it's almost kind of scary. But, hey, we love to inform the ladies, too, of what's going on in the world of sports. Guys, you're listening to Sports Info UM on Voice America Radio. After these messages... flagship station for sports voice america sports looking for the best show about horse racing and handicapping want to play the ponies join us every week for winning ponies with john Engelhart, racing's regular guy where you'll go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys trainers agents and handicappers in the world of horse racing This show is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies Handicapping website. Listen for top plays for the weekend and the spot play of the week and win prizes just for calling in. Winning Ponies with John Englehart is live Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network. Sports continues to grow and evolve to ever-increasing prominence in today's society. On All Around Sports, host John Inglesby will connect with the leading newsmakers from the sports world, including players, owners, and fellow sports journalists, discussing the top news and events that are relevant to sports today. John will also report from and offer his experience of the world's top sports events. Tune in to All Around Sports with John Inglesby, Fridays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. internet flagship station for sports voice america sports 
You're tuned in to Sports Info UM with Daryl and Sam. Call us today at 888 346 9144. That's 888 346 9144. Or send us an email at sportsinfoum3793 at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. And welcome back to Sports Info UM. Hey, uh, I think we got Robbie on the line. Robbie, what's going on? Same old thing, man. What's going on with you? Hey, man. Loving life in the state of Florida. You know, the NFL draft is coming up. Jacksonville Jaguars need an entire offensive overhaul. So, um, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I'm not sure yeah, if they need a quarterback or region. not. I know that's your region up there, man, Jacksonville and everything. I had a question about them, too. But that's a little more in-depth than I kind of wanted to go right now, man. I wanted to ask you who you are. Uh, I heard the uh, caller earlier ask who was going to be picked first. Who do you think the Bucks pick first and the Jaguars pick first? I mean, while you're at it. You know, man, um, I really think the Jaguars have to go out and get something really seriously elite. And I think Sammy Watkins is probably the most dynamic player in this year's draft, and I think he could be something close to Megatron. That's saying a mouthful. Yeah. Yeah. He got the height to do all that. I think he has the. I think he has the build to do all of that, man. I mean, yeah, I think his kid is. Yeah. is he's, he's a bit of a stocky dude. I yeah. Mean, he, he definitely built. But, uh, yes. I've been getting worried about the Bucks looking at uh, Mike Evans. Pick his hand up. Oh, I, I, I mean, think that'd be a, five, a super pick. Man. I mean, come on now. Yeah, I, I think that'd be a great pick for them. Yeah. You know, I, I, I really do. You know, but yeah. um, is is he going to be available for them? You know, Tampa Bay has that seventh pick, and, seventh. and right. they they have the seventh pick. Um, and I just really think, uh, you, don't you think know, he's Tampa got the seventh pick. He and, may and, be and, there at seven, man. I think he might be there at seven. You know? You know, y'all I mean, need a lot of help, too, though. I think the offensive line is, is in, in, in desperate need. They say yeah. this guy, well, Taylor I mean, LeJuan, that's, that's what some of these um, mock drafts have Tampa Bay picking. Um, have That's what they, they have they, them picking. They addressed a lot of that through free agency, man. I'm not saying they won't, but, I mean, they, they have made a lot of moves as far as uh, the offensive line, man. I mean, um I think he, I think he moved three of those guys. Donald Penn gone, and um, uh, Gavin Joseph is gone. Um, I think the other tackle might be gone too. Man, I don't know, but uh, he made some changes up front, man. And uh, also, one of their other needs is wide receiver, man. And uh, I was sitting in the barbershop today, and I was asking, you know what? What is wrong with Sidney Rice? Why doesn't Sidney Rice have a job? I mean, do you know? Can you tell me anything about that? You know, Sidney Rice, um, you talking about Having the receiver that was with, um, with, that was with Seattle. Seattle's old receiver, right? Right, right. Well, you know, he had that special knee surgery where he went to Germany last year, came back, it never really panned out. And I think the NFL kind of frowns upon, you know, leaving their core of doctors to go somewhere else to get this special attention. And I think a lot of people look at him as maybe being damaged goods, but you'll see him on somebody's roster this year for sure, without a doubt. Now, but I'm really, I'm telling you, I think think Tampa Bay is going to go offensive line. All right, Anthony Barr out of UCLA. Um, 
and he's an outside linebacker. Some people say him, Khalid Mack, out of Buffalo. Or oh, this kid came from out of nowhere. Oh, he's, or this, he's. or this kid, Greg Robinson. If he's still around, if Greg Robinson is still around from Auburn, the offensive tackle, there's no question that they're gonna take him. Yeah, I, I just really think so. Definitely, one I don't of the best think I don't see. on the board at that time. I mean, I don't know, man. And I got, so I read on my phone today, man, about uh, oh my goodness, what is his name? The tackle, the tackle coming out from the, from Miami this year. Oh, um. Uh, uh, what's his name? Oh, that <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, you, you got me now. Chantrell Henderson. <laughs> yeah, Chantrell yeah, Henderson. Man, I'm sorry about that. I apologize for that, man. No problem. I'm kind of brain scrambled right now, but uh, no anyway, yeah, there was some talk about he's him moving up the draft board a little bit. I think, man. Huh? I think he's he could be a solid second round pick. I think he's going to do well in the NFL, man. He get, he get the right coach get their hands on that player right there, man. He, on that guy, he's going to be pretty good, I think, man. I mean, I, I really it's, do. It's, it's been talked that it, it, anybody can go to the wrong system, and and and, and things are just different, man. You know, you're from um, sort of the Central Florida, Tampa area. You know, this kid Blake Bortles from uh, from UCF. You know, he impressed me, man. He impressed he's me. He's very impressive. And what what impression the most about him? Would would you say his high, his 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 calmness in the pocket, man? I mm. mean, he he uh, I mean, and he definitely got the size. I mean, he was six four, something like that. Six six. Yeah, he's what? Yeah, six six. Yeah, two thirty two. There you go. You can't. That's the stuff that you can't teach. You know what I mean? And I heard yeah. you talk about Johnny Manziel earlier. I mean, I kind of share your sentiment. Um. I think his size is going to be a factor, man. He's a definitely, I mean, one of the best college football players we've seen, man. He's definitely a good college player, but, I mean, hell, what, what, did, what has he done that Tebow did? I mean, Tebow won championships. He didn't win, I mean, pretty much anything, did he? Did he, yeah. did he, did he win a college championship? And I mean, Manziel has a kind of, has a little flicked release, too. His release is not textbook. That's going <laughs> to hurt him, man. You said you flicked know? it. That's hey, you know, that's 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 what happened with Tim Tebow. Tim Tebow yeah. had a had a had a horrible release. Yeah, you know, but I mean, Tim Tebow, I don't know, man. I think he got a bit of a raw deal. Nah. I mean, Jacksonville passed on him to get. Oh uh, gosh, damn it! I can't. Excuse me, I didn't mean to cuss. Chad Henney, Blaine Gabbert, Blaine Gabbert. Uh. They passed on Tebow to get Blaine Gabbert. Blaine Gabbert will still have a better career than Tim Tebow because he has a release. Tim Tebow well, listen, hasn't dropped the ball down listen, to his knee before he throws, man. Listen, Daryl. Listen, Daryl. When Blake Borders was still, I don't mean to be bashing your team, man. I mean, I mean, I mean no disrespect at all, man, because, I mean, I don't have much room to talk anyway. I mean, so, I mean, you can take it like that. But, uh, anyway, he was losing games, and Tebow was winning games in Denver, and then... I mean, understandable he got let go when they got Peyton Manning and they had an opportunity to get him again. And they said no and gave Blake Bortles, um, not Blake Bortles, Blake Gabbard an extension. And it was hey. almost like despite Tebow, man. As just, many teams in the NFL deal, right now I mean, that need a quarterback. Do you not think he can play in the NFL at all? I don't think so. The Oakland really? Raiders need a quarterback. The Minnesota Vikings need a quarterback. Come on, man. The Buffalo Bills need a quarterback. No, the Buffalo Bills, they just got one last year, the, the kid from Florida what State. Do we know, what do we know that he can do on a professional level? 
I mean, really. What, have, what have we seen that he can do on a professional level? I mean, it said a lot when he got cut from the Patriots. I, I mean, number one, he wasn't going to see the field as far as playing quarterback. I mean, we knew that, okay? But, I mean, if, it, it kind of said a lot because, I mean, if you got any talent in you, Bilicek will bring it out of you. You know what I mean? I would agree. And, that lets and, us know and, he has no they, talent. Yeah. You, well, I mean, maybe I think he just had his heart set on playing quarterback, man, and there was no way he was going to play quarterback for them. What other know? position can he play? He's been training for quarterback since he was in the eighth grade. He, he, he has, and how about these guys that's been out there, been training for tight end, or been training for H back, or running back, or wide receiver since they were in the eighth grade? He's, that, he's eight, 10, 12 years guys. behind those people, man. Tim that Tebow could only play quarterback, guys. and he may have had a chance to play in Canada or some other league, but I'm not so sure he could do that. Hey, um, uh, Robbie, we have Greg Ricosi on the line. Let's get Greg on in on this conversation. Greg, what's happening? Hey, Darrell, how you doing? Hey, I'm doing great, Greg. Um, for people that don't know, Greg Ricosi. Greg Ricosi is the University of Miami offensive lineman from 1983 to 1987. Is that correct, Greg? Ooh, okay. Is that correct, Greg? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yep, and Greg played for the Cleveland Browns from 1987 to 1990 and the New England Patriots from 1991 to 1992. And he played with me at the University of Miami from 1982 <laughs> Tonight, from 1982 to 1987. And I had the opportunity to block for you as well. <laughs> <laughs> and, Greg, you were a great offensive lineman, right tackle, man. I remember you well. You know, and we still friends, right. Greg. Yeah. yeah. Welcome to Played the show, a little right man. tackle, a little center, you know, a little bit of everything. Yeah, you did it all. <laughs> yep. Welcome to the show, Greg. Greg, we're right. talking about this year's NFL draft. Do you think, who do you think is going to be a bigger bust in this year's NFL draft? Is it going to be clowning? Or is it going to be um, Johnny Manziel? Uh, if I were to pick the two, I think uh, with all the negative talk that uh, Johnny Manziel has been getting, I think he's going to turn it on and be something positive. And I think Clowney, I don't know. I, 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 I kind of worry about a guy who takes some plays off his senior year just because he doesn't want to get hurt. Mm-hmm. So I, I know what he has at stake with the money these days, but still I don't know what kind of, you know, when you get on the football team, you got to go full speed or you risk injury is the way I always played. Yeah, yeah. I sure. honestly think when he got that hit in that New Year's game day over in uh, what was the Outback Bowl, when mm-hmm. he hit that and he got that big hit, it was like he didn't have to do anything else. You know what I mean? I made it. Uh, you know, that was a classic. They never talked about the offensive line and Mrs. Block. <laughs> <laughs> Greg, not- you would bring that up as a former offensive lineman. You know, as an old lineman, you'd bring that up, Greg. Oh yeah, you look. How do you get a clean hit on a running back like that? Without, I mean. You get olayed by the defensive lineman. I mean, you yeah. can't have that either, you know? Right. You know, that, that guy yeah. threw one of those lookout blocks, man. Exactly. Look out! Yeah. To that exactly. credit, man, it was a bit of a stun up front, wasn't it? <laughs> no, but hey, but Greg, you know, um, uh, I don't know. What, what are they saying? He says he's 6'1", but then they say he's 5'10", and it's almost like ooh. another booty out there. He, he's no. he's under six feet, is what the NFL combine said. You know, five, so, five eleven and three quarters. He said. And what is Drew Brees? He's about six feet. Drew yeah, Brees is right at six feet. You know, and I and I, I, I look at Johnny Manziel, and I say Johnny Manziel plays the game 
below his shoulders more than he plays the game above his shoulders. We yeah, make the comparison with uh, Russell Wilson, where I think Russell Wilson is always playing the game above his above his shoulders. He's just yeah. thinking constantly. He knows where he's going with the ball long before he throws it, before the snap is, is um, the ball is snapped. I'm not seeing that from Johnny Manziel. Not to say that we won't see that if he gets in a in, a, in an NFL system that requires him to do that. Yeah, the only um, the one issue that I have with uh, with Manziel as far as his ability to make moves and is do you, in the NFL, do you take that running ability away from him where he doesn't run as much as in college, so the right. defense can sit back and you know take care of business and not have to worry because he's going to get killed if he does run. Right. Yeah. And let's be for real, man. I mean, I don't just don't think Manziel is athletically gifted as Russell Wilson, man. I mean, you can compare him as far as height and maybe size a little, man. But I mean, he's a little more athletic than he is, man. Yep. I I, w- I would have to agree with you. Yeah, you got that guys, baseball background. That don't hurt either. Well, and it doesn't hurt at all. You know, um, guys, we're you you're listening to Sports Info UM on Voice America Radio. And we have Robbie on the line, and we also have Gregory Cozy, a second-round pick, 32nd overall in 1987 draft by the Cleveland Browns. Wow. Greg, how, how was it? What was it? You know, we had Albert Bentley on earlier, and we had Albert to talk a little, about, a little bit about his experience coming from, um, from the University of Miami. And we, we ran such a serious pro-style offense, split back, I-formation, I one-back formation. And when he got to the pros, he said it, was, it, wasn't, it wasn't so difficult for him because, this, you know, the system that we ran in college was a lot familiar, pretty familiar with the same system he had at Indianapolis. How Absolutely. was the difference for you? I would agree 100%. We had, um, when I got drafted by the Browns, it was uh, Howard Mar- Marty Schottenheimer and Lindy Infante was the offensive coordinator. And, uh, you know, Gary Stevens was running our offense down there straight out of the book of, you know, the Schnellenberger years when he did it with the Dolphins. And it was yes. an easy transition as far as the terminology, picking up what we ran and, and how to actually um, make plays while we were, um, while I was with the Browns. And, I, I tell you what, when I, you go to the Browns and it was such a complex offense, then I went over to New England and they had the most simplest running plays and offense. Incredible. <laughs> the plays wow. in the huddle were actually, you know, eye right, belly right. And that was your right. So it was just so what simple. Why did you not have the mosquitoes? Yep. Hey, but, but Greg, when, um, when you were in Cleveland, you had an opportunity to, to play with the same quarterback you had in college, um, yeah. uh, Bernie Kosar. How, how was that? I was, um, that was a, a treat as well. I mean, we play, I got the chance to play for four years, and unfortunately on um, a couple of those years, Bernie was getting hit around pretty good, and um, you know, it wasn't a, a good feeling when he got hurt if, uh, like for a majority of my second year starting, which was my third year there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was a nice little reunion. I mean, Bernie did a great job when he was there in the offensive line for the most part, took care of him. But, uh, you know, as far as we had a good record and then we slipped away four years later, we were, um, you know, four and 12 as opposed to 12 and four the first year I got there. Yeah. You know, um, Greg, um, when we look at this year's University of Miami football team, um, 
some people say the the first person selected in this year's draft could be um, from the first person selected from the University of Miami football team could be Chantrell Henderson, the uh, offensive tackle, who's had a, a turbulent career at the University of Miami, some ups and downs. Uh, at one point, he left the team, came back. Um, how do you see uh, his career? Have you followed him? And what do you see the University of Miami doing this upcoming season? Well, I, I just caught a few of those games um, last year with um, Contrell, and I think uh, if he gets his mind straight and understands the opportunity he has and, and just has a little bit of pride every time he takes a step on a football field, and I, I think he'll do fine in the pros because, I mean, he's got a great trainer, Art Kehoe, as an offensive line coach, and Tony Wise, my offensive line coaches at the University of Miami, are the best offensive line coaches I had all throughout the pros and high school, college, whatever. So, I mean, he had a, a great teacher um, as far as our Kehoe and the offensive line coach. And as far as uh, I love the direction of where the Kings are going, I love the fact that um, Golden's staying and, you know, had those opportunities to leave, at least from what I've read in the papers. And, you know, I'm glad he's staying and has a little bit of digging his roots in and making sure that uh, the players that come here are hoping that he's going to stay for four years instead of leaving. So hey, I Greg. Great. Greg, Greg, thanks a lot for calling. Don't be a stranger. Call us anytime. I wish we had a little bit more time. We're running out of time. Greg, thanks again for calling Sports Info UM Radio. My pleasure, Daryl. Have a good one. Hey, thanks, Greg. Guys, you've been listening to Sports Info UM on the Voice America Radio. We'll see you back next Monday, same time, 8 to 9. Thanks again for listening. Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword will be back again next Monday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel for more Sports Info UM. We'll see you then.